I V M. Hi listeners, we at Aditya Birla Sun Life Mutual Fund have come up with a special podcast series called MF 101 in collaboration with Bloomberg Quint. MF 101 is an informative series that will help you understand the recipe behind mutual fund investments. And what's more, it's coming from the chefs of the mutual fund buffet table, from the very own fund managers and analysts who are the manufacturers of the funds that help you realize your investment goals. Hi, I'm Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and in this episode, we are going to discover the recipe behind benefiting from the consumption sectors from our guest chef, Mr. Dhawal Shah, fund manager of Aditya Birla Sun Life Equity Hybrid 95 Fund at Aditya Birla Sun Life Mutual Fund. Before we start our discussion, tell us something about yourself and how you started your career, how you got into the big bad world of investments. Sure. So, uh, you know, I did my MBA in finance from Mumbai University, uh, as well as a CFA from AIMR US, and uh, I've been into equity markets for the last 14 years. Uh, I started off as an equity research analyst with uh, Reliance Capital Asset Management. Uh, worked there for seven years, uh, then you know shifted to Morgan Stanley. So worked in Morgan Stanley Investment Management uh, as a you know assistant fund manager, uh, managing one of the funds. And uh, from there on, went on to Edelweiss Securities for a stint of a year, mm. and uh, and then have spent time with Birla over the last uh, three and a half years. Let's start with a very basic introduction to India's pharma sector. We know that there is a, a domestic part to it and an, and an export part to it. What does that look like? And similarly, uh, the consumer durable sector and the electrical sector. Just a very basic intro for our listeners. Sure. So let's start with the pharma sector. And uh, if you look at globally, the pharma sector is around 1.1 trillion dollar of sales annually. And uh, you know, where does India stand in that context? Uh, India total sales on an annual basis is somewhere at around 35, 36 billion dollars, of which half of it is actually coming from domestic sales. and uh, the remaining part is actually exports you have to look at whether you know india has the competency to become a you know global scale player in pharmaceuticals like what has typically become in case of it mm. uh, you know where we have scaled up our overall exports base to over 100 billion dollars in case of pharma uh, we have skill sets we have the low cost efficiency to you know drive that and that is where uh, you know we can actually become an export hub for the overall global pharma market that we're trying to look at in that context pharma is a very exciting space both the engines of growth actually kicking in equally well uh, on an overall context that we're trying to look at you mentioned this generic thing right because this is a very important thing for pharma there is generic and then there's branded right yes. because ek hota hai generic dawai aur ek hota hai branded dawai i know that there is a different between the two i'm totally confused what is a generic and what's a branded if you are looking at uh, any medicine uh, you know and it has a brand name say for example and just just for an example sake if a very common medicine uh, you know which you take for a high temperature is crocin yes. uh, but what it contains is a molecule which is known as paracetamol so if anybody is saying at a medical store that i want a paracetamol he's actually asking for a generic drug which other than the brand there can be many other brands uh, you know by similar name that you can actually go ahead and look at but if you're asking for a specific brand then you know that becomes a branded name that you're trying to look at so cadbury though is like brand yes chocolate though is like generic absolutely got that right right absolutely okay, absolutely great. go on please but uh, you know when you were to 
look at it from a global context uh, what typically happens is uh, you know many of these multinationals over the years uh, have spent top dollars in r&d so when that drug goes off patent uh, you know then at that point in time uh, t- let's take an example of us uh, they encourage that you know more and more companies can come out with a generic version of that drug uh, so that the overall healthcare cost for the economy comes down and that is where uh, you know the first a generic player comes in and actually makes that you know drug generic and then you know you have uh, you know many other players actually falling out so that global context uh, you know it, it's that that it's a patented and an you know unpatented drug is actually known as a generic drug uh, where you know many players can go ahead and manufacture it after the patent has expired or the patent is challenged and it is invalidated and then you can actually go ahead and do that great consumer durable does that mean a durable consumer <laughs> it doesn't i'm sure right not really. what exactly is that um it is very interesting that you know across the world we have seen that as uh, you know various economies have actually uh, crossed a per capita income of about $2000 where which, we are right now yeah where we are actually right now in india us was at a similar level in 1950s oh. um, and you know europe was there at similar levels in in around 60s mm. uh, china was there in you know around uh, 90s late mm. 90s early 2000s that you're trying to look at invariably we've seen that you know that increase in per capita is spent more on consumer discretionary items so you typically go and and buy two wheelers yeah, four yeah. wheelers but also you know various consumer durable items. Items. Uh, the first thing to enter your house will be a refrigerator, uh, followed by a washing machine, and then you know an AC that you're trying to look at, and uh, that is where uh, you know interestingly in India today where we are, uh, we are at that cusp where you know the consumer durables as a sector uh, looks a fantastic investment opportunity you know from the next decade or possibly two decades, uh, where you know based on per capita income increase you will find in uh, you know a lot of Indians typically buying more and more. of consumer discretionary items so electrical sector actually sounds like it's linked to the consumer durable sector so what exactly is electricals Yes, so electrical is uh, you know an added sector to the overall consumer durables uh, portion in the sense that you know if you re- if you require an AC at home or a washing machine at home, you'll obviously require wires to connect to it. You'll require switches for it, uh, you know, and then you'll require MCBs to support all of that. So all of that actually comes into you know electricals, which is there. There is also an added parameter of lighting, uh, which is you know portion of an electrical portion that we're trying to look at, which by itself is a twenty thousand crore separate segment that we're trying to look at. Sure. So on the whole, overall consumer durable store electricals. is somewhere at around uh, you know 1.8 lakh crore market for india and uh, that is growing at a very healthy rate of somewhere around 15 percentage cagr so you know many of these listed places actually growing at a higher rate than the overall industry that we are trying to look at fantastic so you've got a 20 billion dollar pharma sector you've got a 30 billion dollar consumer durable plus electrical sector right yeah the pharma sector is a 35 billion 35 billion yeah, almost is, similar yeah, almost and similar. pharma Uh, is 50 50 50% domestic 50% exports but i'm guessing that consumer durable and electrical is primarily domestic absolutely the absolutely. demand from there itself is going yes. through so let's get into each sector specifically in terms of where they stand today right because pharma is interesting right pharma if i recall in the late 90s when the it's to and you had just and you had in fact even said that, that it's gone to 100 billion dollars of exports pharma is is where it is and pharma even today is grappling with these issues you know every once in a while you hear of a us fda inspection at a plant and the plant shuts down or something and the stock prices fall so tell us what's happening there specifically in the pharma sector 
Sure. So when you take the last 10 year view, uh, you know, last two years have been pretty challenging for export oriented guys. Uh, but the previous eight years to that, you've seen that many of these export oriented guys have actually grown at 25% kind of a CAGR, uh, largely, you know, gaining market share uh, in, you know, developed markets like US, Europe, uh, some bit of it in, even in Japan. Uh, but last two years, uh, you know, the sector has been uh, hit uh, with a lot of headwinds. Uh, the first headwind which actually came was, uh, you know, US FDA. So uh, to put in context, uh, you know, out of a $1.1 trillion industry, uh, almost $450 billion worth of drugs every year get consumed in US. The point I was trying to drive home is that, you know, US is one of the largest generic markets that, you know, many of the pharma companies have actually attacked over the last 10 years. If you see invariably any of the pharma companies today, uh, right from 30 to 60% of the sales actually come from US. So that is where US and US related regulations, which are published by FDA, uh, become extremely important to understand. And that is where two years back, we saw a lot of Indian uh, pharma companies had various plant issues, which had actually come up. Uh, largely because of the fact that, you know, the expectations of US FDA had increased a notch in terms of the compliance standards, which was required out of them. And uh, that is where over the last two years, many of these companies have had either warning letters or import alerts. Uh, by warning letter, it means that your plant, we are giving you a warning uh, and we will not approve incremental products till you get your house in order. And an import alert says that no product whatsoever will come to our land uh, till we are satisfied with whatever, you know, you have actually done to your overall plant in terms of the compliance standards that is required from our end. And meanwhile, uh, there was an, another important thing which actually happened in US markets, uh, you know, was that earlier, uh, you know, the whole of buying in US used to happen by seven large GPOs, which, which uh, you know, used to buy all the generic medicines for the whole of US. Uh, they got consolidated because of, uh, you know, their own pressures uh, to three and that is where, you know, when seven large companies used to buy generic medicines and each company will have either mostly, you know, two or three guys whom from which they will source. So all of a sudden, you know, those 14 to 20 slots got shut down to six slots. And that is where there was a big pricing pressure that many of these generic companies had to face over the last two years. Okay. Consumer durables and electricals. Okay. Anything, you know, how is, how is the present there? How have they? So if I'm not, I, I, I think GST came about two years ago. How have they managed the transition? Any headwinds out there? Any issues out there that you see uh, in terms of either the demand not coming as as we had expected or anything there just to compare it to the pharma sector? Sure. So uh, on the consumer durable side, uh, you know, if I were to look at then uh, GST had some kind of issues in terms of, you know, quarterly variations, which was there. Uh, also, you know, last year had some kind of an issues with uh, erratic summers uh, in terms of, you know, summers actually not panning out as per the expectation. As hot as expected. Yes, so as we... hot as expected. <laughs> okay. And that's where, uh, you know, many of them uh, had anticipated a very good demand, which has actually not panned out. But importantly, you know, when you look at consumer durable store electricals, um, you know, you have to look at it from a penetration perspective of, you know, how various subsegments have penetrated in the overall households. Uh, so, you know, if I were to look at, uh, you know, the most penetrated year is refrigerators where you know one in every three houses actually have such so a 30 percent kind of a penetration uh, washing machine is actually at around 11 percent and a sub segment like ac is at around five percent kind of a number so that is where uh, you know we still think that you know it can have some kind of a quarterly volatility 
एंड यू नो वी सीन एवरी थ्री फोर ईयर्स वन सीजन में गो बैड बट इफ यू वर टू लुक फ्रॉम अ थ्री टू फाइव ईयर परस्पेक्टिव इट्स अ फैंटास्टिक इन्वेस्टमेंट हाइपोथिस वेर यू नो ऑन अ सेक्युलर बेसिस वी कैन सी दैट यू नो द पेनिट्रेशन विल कीप ऑन इंक्रीजिंग बेज ऑन पर कैपिटा इंक्रीज एंड यू नो वेरियस कंपनीज आर ड्राइविंग दैट इन टर्म्स ऑफ यू नो एडिंग मोर टू द डीलर नेटवर्क एंड फर्दर पेनिट्रेटिंग टू टीयर थ्री टीयर फोर टाउन्स सो दैट वुड हेल्प इन टर्म्स ऑफ द ओवरऑल यू नो फ्रेमवर्क इन टर्म्स ऑफ यू नो इंक्रीजिंग ओवरऑल पेनिट्रेशन फॉर कंज्यूमर ड्यूरेबल्स Tamil, we've covered the uh, the potential. We've covered the present. We've covered certain issues also that are facing the uh, some of these sectors. What is the outlook? How does Aditya Birla Sun Life Mutual Fund look at all three sectors going forward? In your view? Sure. So let's start with pharma. Um, you know, within pharma, we have a very nuanced view when you look at from the next uh, you know twelve to eighteen months. Uh, we think that uh, you know domestic oriented companies uh, where majority of the earnings are actually driven by uh, you know domestic sales and profitability are at a much better wicket uh, versus export oriented companies uh, because one thing that we do at um, our amc very very religiously is respect data a lot uh just because uh, you know things have corrected 50 percentage on a stock price basis uh, is not very important as much as you know the data which is in front of you in terms of trying to suggest that what is the pain point of the industry is experiencing and whether that is out so to our assessment um, you know on the export oriented companies uh, the pain point will still remain there for the next couple of quarters and uh, that is where we would think that uh, you know domestic oriented companies which are you know by itself having a 17 to 18 billion dollar overall base uh, growing at somewhere at around 10 to 12% uh, for the market growth rate that they have uh, within that uh, you know there are a couple of mnc companies uh, uh, wherein uh, you know they are actually uh, delivering uh, great patented products within india uh, they would uh, tend to do well and that is where we are far more excited on you know domestic oriented franchises and less excited on the export oriented franchises from a next 12 to 18 month perspective uh, we may change our view if we think that the data on the table changes and which is where uh, you know if uh, we find that the generic companies uh, exporting to various nations have uh, either got their pricing power back or uh, you know there is a consolidation within them and that is where uh, you know they are able to scale up volumes meaningfully uh, then we would want to look at export oriented companies as well uh, you know in the overall portfolio framework that we have folks that is a wrap on our show for more such interesting know hows continue listening to our podcast mf101 or simply follow the blog page of aditya billa sunlight mutual fund bloomberg quint ibm podcast or wherever you get your podcast from if you have any queries or some specific subject you want us to talk about with regards to mutual fund investment reach out to us on our twitter handle at the rate a b c a b s l m f that's at the rate a b c a b s l m f thank you for listening to this podcast mutual fund investments are subject to market risks read all scheme related documents carefully the views and opinions expressed herein are personal and do not necessarily reflect the views of aditya birla sun life amc limited that's a b s l a m c aditya birla sun life mutual fund the fund ABSL AMC the fund is not guaranteeing offering communicating any indicative yield or returns on investments filter coffee is a fascinating beverage you need to pick the right beans blend them in the right proportion roast them to perfection and slow brew at the right temperature to get the perfect cup which is exactly like great conversations as well You need to track down the most interesting minds, get them into their zone and settle down for an unhurried, unscripted chat. 
and coffee for me is always 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 best enjoyed with friends i'm kartik nagarajan and do share my table as i meet some of the most interesting people i know and sit them down for a strong cup of coffee and an even stronger conversation join me every wednesday for a freshly brewed episode this is not frappe this is the filter coffee podcast Sachin Tendulkar, Virat Kohli, Don Bradman, and now Cyrus Brocha. Okay, probably not in the right company. I mean, Don Bradman is Australian, but it's called Cyrus Says. A wonderful show about everything. Find the show on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast dot com, or wherever you listen to podcasts.